0: cheese i'm stephanie and i'm B. and we are the cheese mcqueen hey i thought you were gonna come up with something <laughs> sometimes i let you slide oh my god welcome 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 we are the cheese mcqueens and if you are new to the podcast cheese myth means gossip we have all the gossip we have all the tea about married at first sight today we were covering married at first sight season 16 episode 9 in nashville i was like where are they <laughs>
1: yeah it's been a long week guys we're running on fumes so (laughs) forgive us
0: (laughs) in advance thank you yeah before we get into that igby do you have any chisme
1: barely (laughs) slow out there not a lot is happening this season as we saw in this episode it was a big old snooze fest
0: it really was
1: i'm like this is supposed to be the party episode why is this so boring (laughs) Even watching, I was like, it's only 7.30. Like, this is dragging. But as far as cheese Meg goes, if you are a realtor or a real estate agent, our guy Chris from Boston is looking for you. He's trying to build up his team, the Christopher Group. Uh, So he's looking for people who are interested in working for him. So I guess if you're in that industry and in the Boston area, hit up your boy. I still think there should be a married at first sight agency because every season there's (laughs) at least one or two people in real estate they all need to link up like voltron and then like get a spinoff and have like a selling sunset super reality show where they all sell houses
0: i would watch that i would watch that
1: (laughs) don't steal my idea kinetic connect
0: or pay pay you for it
1: or that part (laughs) make me an ep
0: i hate his the name Like, why would you call it the Christopher group? I know his name is Chris, but like, it's kind of douchey. Just my opinion. It'd be funny if like all the realtors were named Chris. That was like one of the requirements.
1: (laughs) You have to change your name to Chris. Yes. Or go by
0: Chris. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) That'd be too confusing. I would love it. Mm. Mm. You (laughs) don't think that's annoying? You have a pretty common name. We both do. Uh, It's annoying.
0: You don't think that's annoying? That we have common names?
1: Yeah, like having a common name.
0: Oh, I guess I just never. No, I'm not annoyed, by it. I don't care. I was annoyed by it in the third grade. So Stephanie was the number one name in 1986. So in my class, there was four Stephanies. That was annoying. In the That's
1: grade. what I'm saying. Now imagine if at work, everybody was named Stephanie.
0: Uh, that, that would not be my problem. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> mm, <I'm>, whatever. <laughs> that was the one time I was annoyed by my name. But other than that, I'm like, meh.
1: All right. Well, anyway.
0: No, I was going to say the one thing I do have going for me. So there are multiple Stephanies at where I work. But because my last name starts with the C and all of theirs starts later in the alphabet. Mine's always at the top. So that's I got that going for me.
1: Me too. Usually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The only other piece of (laughs) cheese me I have is uh, I don't think we knew that. Chris, aka Blessed, from season 12 in Atlanta. Hmm. Did you know he was in the National Guard?
0: No. He doesn't he Doesn't give off military vibes or, like, following the rules vibes. <laughs> well,
1: maybe that's why he was discharged. Because uh, it seems like that was the case, but it, we don't know why.
0: Wait, does it say dishonorably discharged or... I don't remember. Okay. Because that's a big difference. If you're dishonorably honorably discharged, like no one will hire you ever.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it probably was, which is why somebody mentioned it. Because mm. otherwise it just wouldn't matter. Yeah, um, I guess so. Let me check the car. Okay. It was an early discharge, so that could be who knows what hmm. but that's all i got
0: okay i have a few couple things let's see so we have speculated that maybe this is the end right they had a lot of trouble um casting for next season season 17 in denver and we're like oh is it gonna happen Is season 18 i don't know well according to married at first sight fan On her intel, supposedly there's going to be a season 18 in Chicago. And yes, they've already been in Chicago in season 5. So, but that's just word on the street. They had said that there was going to be more information on Friday. And that didn't happen. So maybe it's just not solid enough to announce. I don't know. And then the other chisme is there's some married at first sight commingling happening in Houston. Everybody has always tried to pair Kristen from San Diego with Ryan in Houston. I've heard a lot of, oh, you should date, you should date Mark the Shark. You should date Ryan from Houston and da, 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 da. Well, she kind of, I don't know if they're dating or not, but she, they're definitely at Ryan's house. So Ryan, Ben from San Diego and Kristen are all hanging out on, let's see, Saturday, Saturday during the day in ryan's house and then the next time we see them they are at the houston rodeo with jose so it's jose ben Kristen, and ryan hanging out doing rodeo and she's super excited she says uh what was one of the posts now when i say it's not my first rodeo i can mean it i was like oh that's so corny (laughs) but yeah i don't know who was playing last night but that's what they were doing and i don't know how ben came into the picture either she just called ben and say hey I'm going to Houston. You want to go? That's weird.
1: <laughs> well, not even that. Cause she's on the East coast now. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't like the whole co-mingling. I don't like it interseason, and I don't like it cross-season. <laughs> Everybody mind your own business and don't be friends. <laughs> it's weird. Cause it's so, it's too thirsty.
0: I think like, Ryan is notorious for paint. this, right? Like he's already hung out with Alyssa. He's chatted with, um, what's her name? Mindy. What's, hmm? Mindy. Yeah, but what was uh, Mark the Shark's wife escaping Lindsay. Me? Lindsay. He chatted with Lindsay. Yeah, so like he loves this attention, which is also douchey, but whatever. You're they, probably right. They probably do have like a fr- Facebook group with Just Married at First Sight alums.
1: Oh, there's definitely like a text thread. Mm-hmm. Oh, could you imagine all of them on one thread?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you.
1: You know how I love a group chat. <laughs> instant mute
0: <laughs> but yeah that's all i have you're right absolutely dry this week not fun uh but you had mentioned like the other seasons have debuted on various streaming services so people are chatting about that instead of our current season which with this episode i don't blame them <laughs> that's how exciting it
1: is <laughs> There's just our- like, it was a big nothing like it was a hour and a half of nothing it really and considering was. something huge happened there was still like
0: that was like five minutes of the
1: whole thing yeah the first five minutes and like the last 10 and that the in between was nothing yeah nobody else had anything going on
0: not at all but i know we've man we really pumped it up already so let's just get into it All right, let's do this. Married at First Sight, season 16, episode 9. Igby, please tell me you have a title.
1: Partying Ways. Let's start with Clint and Gina since they were the nothing of nothing. (laughs) So the first thing we see for them is we see a short clip of um, Gina in the salon, her favorite place, saying that she has decided that she's going to go ahead and move in with Clint in order to give their relationship a real honest shot. When we left off with them last week with Pastor Cal, they were kind of in the air about whether or not they were going to be living together or not. So she's deciding to give it the good old college try and go ahead and move in with Hank. So then they cut to Clint, who's playing frisbee with his best friend, Andrew, who uh, he met through the sailing community. He says (laughs) that Andrew is married, has kids. more life experience than he does so he's going to take heed to any advice that he has to offer they talk about the honeymoon eventually and clint complains about how gina is totally wrapped up in her salon and is talking about it constantly he says that they had some quote-unquote interesting times in jamaica and he acknowledged how both him and gina lacked physical attraction to each other and right now that's their biggest obstacle so Andrew kind of drives the same narrative as everyone else has with the whole idea that attraction can grow. You just need to give it time. Once you get to know someone, you might see something in them you didn't see before, blah, blah, blah. This is the same advice all these couples are getting because there are some issues with attraction. I
0: was like, no one's attracted to each other at all. Not one.
1: So Clint says that there's a lot of pressure in this situation. Uh, As far as that goes, you know, they only have so long to make their decision. And he says he thinks that they're in a better place than they were before because they're trying not to focus on the physical aspect as much. Uh, But it is still a problem that they're going to need to address. But for now, they've kind of tabled it. He really questions, you know, how are they supposed to get over this hurdle? But again, they're going to push that to the side for now. And well, we're working through the first step was getting her in the house. So now that she's in the house, maybe now they can start working on relationship things. Yeah. Andrew asks about uh, Hank, Gina's dog, and... He says, you know, Hank's a good dude. He, but he thinks it's funny that him and Hank have the same hair color. For someone who doesn't like G words. Red head. <laughs> she's got a big red dog. So the next scene, we see Gina and Clint are moving in together. Gina thought Pastor Cal had made a valid point in saying that not moving in together was the first step to divorce. But she is a little anxious because she's lived alone for the good amount of the last four years. She has her normal routine. And her way of doing things and bringing someone into that is making her a little bit nervous. But she wants to give it her all. So she's committed to the journey. She's looking forward to this next chapter and hopefully building a life together. Clint says that he's glad that Gina came around and that he intends to be patient and take things one day at a time. They've decided to move into the same apartment, but they are still going to be in separate bedrooms, which we said before. Mm hmm as may so that seems to be true the may was that they remained in those separate bedrooms the entire season so yeah. we'll see if that happens or not
0: which is an interesting move because like they have been sleeping in the same bed all this time so why not just continue to sleep in the same bed even when they were fighting they were sleeping in the same bed as far as we know
1: as far as we know somebody could have been on the couch we don't know yeah maybe so then we get to party time Clint is getting that fiesta he always dreamed of. <laughs> They're having a good old time. They've got the tacos going. We know Gina's an ex-bartender, so she's throwing down on the margaritas. Nice. It looks like a good old time. Clint cooked. His tacos mm, don't look too legit to me, but everybody else seemed to be fine with them.
0: I know. Everybody was, like, saying that he, he can cook. He can cook. Like, she was impressed. But maybe she's so bad that, you know, this exactly. is great. Right. <laughs>
1: So then uh, after they eat and everything, they break up and have the conversations with each other's friends. So Clint sits down with Gina's friends and says that the last couple of weeks have been up and down. You know, there's been peaks and valleys. It's been like the waves of the ocean. And he says that they're both brutally honest and that can be a point of contention. Mm -hmm. Her friends say that it's better, though, for them to put everything out there than to have secrets or to keep everything bottled up and then explode or you know, have a big blow up. Yeah. Clint says that they're taking it slow day by day. He feels like they're both in good places in their life to have a successful relationship. They basically have agreed not to press the physical issue and to just build a solid foundation with each other. And then we see Gina with Clint's friends and she says that the positives in the marriage have outweighed the negatives. She also says that she was really overthinking the move-in situation. Uh, But so far her and... Clint feel encouraged in their relationship and she's just ready to see how things can progress from here and that was
0: really all they had this episode (laughs) bombshell kind of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) well let's move on to another exciting couple Kirsten and Shaquille (laughs) absolutely nothing happened here we first see them in like a parking garage or something mm-hmm. she needs some sort of roadside assistance and now that she has a husband she just calls him makes her him do the dirty work which is i'm not going to lie it's a big uh, perk of being married so she's going to use that up until the eight weeks are over
1: Must be nice, because I definitely have my own air compressor in my car to fill up my own time.
0: (laughs) Now, my husband has offered to be your roadside assistant, so you can have him on on deck.
1: (laughs) Okay, I have AAA. I'm fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he also, when he got so mad the last time you had something going on, and it was just like the batteries. I can go do that. (laughs) Don't make her spend money on that our sweet husband i know he's keeping around for some reason that's good (laughs) (laughs) so next we it's their party like there's absolutely nothing before that
1: yeah that's this whole episode
0: It's just straight to party. So they're decorating while people are coming in. They didn't even like decorate, finish decorating. They're like, oh yeah, I guess we have to put this one sign up. And that's exactly what they did. So they have a theme. It just said, um, the adventure begins or something. That's all it said. That banner, that's all the banner said. I didn't see any other kind of decorations, but I wasn't eagle-eyeing it either. Because, yeah, so, they
1: didn't have... I don't remember what they had for food that pointed at anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty bare-bones.
0: Toast. They did a toast, and that's all I saw. There was no costumes of any kind, decorations, just the one banner. That
1: they couldn't put up in time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here you can tell these people are thoughtful people in other ways. They've invited married couples instead of um, just their normal kind of friends or single friends or whoever. It wasn't, there was a lot of thought in the invitation. So they invited married couples so they can get advice and soak up all the knowledge of a successful marriage. Right off the bat, they talk about the honeymoon. Kirsten was the first to say it was romantic. And then, of course, that brought in other follow-up questions. Um, and they wanted more details, uh, and Shaq's like, yeah, we did not have sex if that's what you're talking about. And his friend says, no, no con consummation, but lots of conversation. I was like, yep, that's pretty much it. Um, and then someone else says, I don't get any kissing vibes either. There's no like, I can't sense any kind of intimacy, basically. And then Kirsten says that she's not a good kisser, so she doesn't kiss often. And I was like, did somebody tell you that? Why would you say that? Did Shaq tell you you're not a good kisser? Like, that's a weird statement. But she said it before. Did she? hmm When? On the honeymoon. She said it on the honeymoon? I don't remember mm-hmm. that.
1: That's why, she, yeah, she told him that's why she doesn't like kissing. Hmm. And if you're bad at it, you're never going to get better at it if you don't do it. You got to practice.
0: <laughs> that's true that is true i a lot of speculation is just she doesn't want to kiss him so that's her excuse or that her cousin's like yeah let Shaq be the judge of that right so then there's a toast and then they split into their groups kirsten is with shaquille's friends she tells them that it's pretty much her everything's on her she's taking her time and trying to open up to him he's being really patient but she also doesn't want him to be discouraged and then it kind of Cuts over to Shaquille and um, he asks her cousins if that he's being too patient. Uh, Her cousin says that he needs to figure out what she needs and when. He knows attraction will grow, but the eight weeks are not too far, and what if it's not there at that time? That's like the first goal, and her cousin was like, no, the goal is to go beyond the eight weeks. The goal is a lifetime, and her husband says that they just need to let chemistry build with intention. He then cut over to Kirsten, and she's still sitting with his friends. They explain that they were not physically attracted to each other at first. And then it slowly grew and progressed and the male friend even pointed out that he could pinpoint the day where it just like switched on and he was really attracted to her as a person. And hopefully, you know, as they get to know each other, that will happen for them. Kirsten says that their relationship is better than day one. She's not really thinking about decision day and she doesn't know if she wants to be with Shaquille the rest of her life at this moment. And that is all that happened with them. Riveting. I know. (laughs) There's no big revelations whatsoever. Who are you going to take next?
1: Let's go with another pretty boring couple, Chris and Nicole. So it opens with Nicole going out to lunch with her friend, Jillian. Nicole basically is gushing about Chris and how he's such a good guy and he's so nice to her. Nicole really suggests that Chris is everything that any woman could want or ask for. But she's wondering if he'll be able to stand up to her or make demands uh, for his own happiness she says that they're in an environment where she doesn't have the opportunity to give up on him and she actually has to get to know him so the things that she would normally run from in a relationship are actually positives she says that he's really complimentary towards her and she's not very good at taking those things she's not used to getting compliments So it's kind of hard for her to figure out if he's genuine or not, or if he's just trying to appease her or if he's trying to say what she wants to hear. She says it's getting all messed up in her brain.
0: Mm, Overthinking.
1: A lot. She says ultimately she's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Jillian says that that eventually will happen. Everything can't be peachy keen jelly bean. This is where Nicole says that she's worried she's gonna be the asshole in this situation and be the one to blow things up. And Jillian tells you can't not be who you are to protect him. So yeah, she's just overthinking way, 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 way too yeah. much. Yeah,
0: because he doesn't seem he doesn't seem like someone with a lot of complexity about him whatsoever. It seems like a pretty simple dude where he just. Wants affection, wants attention, and will be willing to give that back in return. Like, he doesn't seem over complicated whatsoever. She's making it complicated.
1: We see it every season. There's always somebody that just like gets in there, gets in their head, gets in that spiral, and is just like spinning out. And it's like, you're making this into way, way more than it needs to be. Yeah. Like, you've invented this whole situation that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next scene, of course, we get the, uh, housewarming party so we see nicole with her 80 boxes from amazon where she's bought all this flamingo (laughs) shit for their themed party she was the one that went all out with the party i'm the same way i can't help it uh, Chris says that his wife is doing all the decorations and running around, and this was all her mastermind plan. We see a clip where she's introducing the idea of the party to him, and she's already got it all planned out in her head. Like, this was already in the works. Like, it didn't matter what he said. The party was going to be Flamingo. Because even in the clip, he's like, oh, I make this, like, really great dip. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't go with the theme, so no. And then he's like, Okay. <laughs> So then it goes back to them in the apartment and Nicole has brought Chris this loud pink and white striped flamingo print shirt for the party. And she asked him if he, you know, wants to wear it. And he's like, mm, not really. And he politely rejects the idea. Nicole says that she likes that he spoke his mind and put his foot down, even though she did press him about it.
0: Yeah. Did you see that Elijah one from... Was it Boston bought the shirt? I was like, "You hey, thirsty, ass. <laughs> oh, let me let me order it right now. So it comes in for the weekend. <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> now he's stuck with that shirt, <laughs> or he returned it the next day at Kohl's. <laughs> Is that where it's from? No, you know how you order something from Amazon oh, and then you going to go yeah. to return it at Kohl's. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing this is Amazon since all her things were Amazon.
1: When she was asking him about this shirt, she asked him like five times. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm not here. Just make your decision on your own. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to be mad. (laughs) And, you know, eventually he says no. And then he asked her if she's going to wear her shirt. And she's like, well, that would be ridiculous.
0: (laughs) That one (laughs) would be ridiculous. Not everything else, but that, that action.
1: So then the friends start coming and they get a little quick tour. Uh, we hear about Nicole's disdain for that wedding photo that the crew put on display. Uh, <laughs> she says that she replaced it with a picture of them kissing at the altar, you know, their first kiss. And then everybody starts to settle in. They've got the whole tropical theme going. They've got the shrimp scampi with the chicken teriyaki. Yum. They had the tella stuffed cookies with salted caramel. Okay. The drinks was going. They had the whole whole thing popping. She can throw a party. She can. She had it all laid out. She had the straw. She had the plate. She had the glasses. She had lathes. She had her theme together. So then the flamingo shirt comes up again. (laughs) Because one of the friends asked Chris about the shirt that he did end up wearing to the party. And he says it was one that he had on deck for Jamaica, but didn't end up wearing it. So he wore it on this occasion. Because I did think, okay, you didn't wear the flamingo shirt, but you wore an equally weird, flamboyant, tropical shirt. Yeah.
0: Maybe because it was pink and he wasn't comfortable wearing pink. But the shirt he had on had pink in it. Yeah, but it wasn't overwhelmingly pink. It was more black with a pink accent. Just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm just trying to help out.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that went, they went down the whole rabbit hole of uh, the matching shirt thing. And the group told Chris that he needs to challenge Nicole and not to let her bully him into things. So this is when they split up. Chris sneaks away with Nicole's friends and they ask how everything's going. He says, pretty much so far so good. They ask him if there are any little things that he might find annoying. And he says there are certain situations where Nicole tends to get more upset than he does. And her friend says, yeah, she's not afraid to make waves. Chris says that he likes Nicole's strong personality and that she's opinionated. And he's glad that she hasn't directed any of her anger or frustration towards him at this point. In the end, Chris says that it's just that Nicole might not be used to somebody treating her the way he treats her. And her friends advise him to stand up with her a little bit. Like she might need to be checked a little bit. For lack of a better word, that's what they said. Mm -hmm. But overall, he needs to not be a pushover, basically. And they should be good. So back in the kitchen... Nicole is with Chris's friends and they ask if they've had any arguments yet in, you know, this two whole weeks of marriage. Nicole shares with his friends how he's attempted to appease her on a daily basis, but she doesn't want to walk all over him, which has been a problem in his past relationships. According to, it seems like everyone that she's met in his life, his mom, his friends, like everybody has said, yeah, he's been taken advantage of. He's been a pushover. He's been walked all over. Um, So she doesn't want to do that. They ask her about compromising and Nicole says that she's open to it and there's a world in which they can both be happy as long as they're both voicing their needs. Uh, so she says she has no problem compromising. They just need to talk it out, especially if it's something big, something that's going to affect how they live, their apartment, you know, stuff like that. Then that's a discussion to be had, but she's fine with that. And that's where that ends. <laughs> okay. There's just like full stops.
0: Yeah, pretty much. All right. So next we have Dominique and McKinley and everybody hates Dominique. <laughs> a lot. I don't. I don't I I don't disagree with her at all. Like I feel like if she moved in, even if it was in a separate bedroom, all the same things would continue to happen. And she's right. I think it would just just boil over at some point. He's already, you know, sassy or petty. <laughs> It would just get worse. And you can tell, like, just within his actions, he's two faced. He's completely two faced. Anyway, that's my opinion. So we start off where we left off uh, last episode with Pastor Cal. McKinley feels like this was a quick decision and it's too early to throw in the towel. He feels like a big loser, but he wants to move forward. Not my words, his. He loves calling himself a loser. This I is the know. second time. <laughs> it's weird um she says she's over it and pastor kyle presses her on this and then she inevitably says that she wants a divorce mckinley in an ITN says that it's tough to hear but you know it just he doesn't know what to say pastor kyle suggests that if this is her decision she needs to take time for herself before her next relationship and really do whatever she wants to do because whenever there's a bump in the road she can't just get off you know she can't just stop doing what she's doing and maybe 25 is too young
1: you think
0: (laughs) she doesn't think so he just says, okay, well, you're choosing to quit after your first bump. Your marriage ends here. McKinley says he's disappointed. He's let down. He's embarrassed. And uh, she apologizes. And he does too. And then she leaves. That's how that ends. Next, we don't see them till later, later in the episode. Um, but then we see Dom, Dominique, having lunch with her mother. The mom is disappointed, She's the one who signed her up for this whole process, and she feels like she's letting her down. Uh, They're sitting at the table, and her mom says that she's sad. She wanted to go to the housewarming. She wanted to get to know him. She wanted to talk to him, really, before all of this got to this point. I don't know how that would have helped. I think that's weird that your mom has to step in to help your relationship, but... She feels like she could have turned this around for them. Uh, but Dominique says, nope. Um, he's the one was who is really petty. He's very negative. He complains way too much. He told her that he felt like shit. Like he felt like he had to keep on apologizing over and over again. He thought that he was being portrayed in a way where he had to keep having to uh, redeem himself. Her mom asks if she could have done anything different to have like maybe a different outcome. And Dominique says, no, she was in it as long enough to know what he is and know that this relationship is not what she wanted. She expected more, him being 35 and all. Again, the mom says that she's disappointed. Um, She's sad for her and it. Hurts her heart that she's going through this. Uh, She then asks if Dominique plans on seeing McKinley again, and she says no. She asks if she's set on her decision, and she says yes. And that's it for them until the group scene. So
1: who do you think was
0: failed? I think it's wrong that a full man did not come into the picture. You know, he's the one who's like, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. It's not a woman's job to make you a whole person to redeem your bad qualities and i think that's what he expected does that make sense like he's he's feeling bad that this this and this happened but he he acts really immature i think i think she was failed and i know that's um not what everybody everybody's calling her a brat that she's spoiled she's too young but she came in this knowing what she wanted and expecting to have a person who had their shit together and it doesn't seem like he has a shit together emotionally physically it's you know if i don't know he's just he is negative he is petty he does complain too much yeah no woman would find that attractive what do you think
1: <laughs> i think let's be contrarian i think mckinley was failed because i think Dominique shouldn't have been here in the first place. Number one, she didn't even sign up. Her mom signed her up. That was the first that, big yes. old red flag. She didn't want to be in this in the first place.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: So from the gate, she wasn't committed to this process or interested. So they wasted a, a pick a spot. on her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I do... I I can see that. But still, even if it was a 30 year old woman and she had her shit together, she would still be getting a man who is negative, who is petty, who lives with his friend's parents, who can't be honest with his feelings like that, that imaginary person would still be getting someone who isn't a, a standard that a normal, professional, mature woman would want.
1: We'll never know.
0: Would you date McKinley if he was uh, physically what you (laughs) desire? No. No.
1: Well, he'd have a lot of explaining to do. Like a lot. Yes.
0: Yeah. If McKinley was someone I found physically attractive, I still don't think with all his emotional hangups and the weirdness of his, his living situation, it would be, it would be weird to, it would be hard to get over that. I don't care how fine you are. Show me the money. Let me see what's. What's going on here? Why is this happening?
1: Don't do those impressions. Hmm? Those impressions. Does he do impressions? Yeah. Isn't he the one that that's Chris? (laughs)
0: Chris does the impressions. Thank God we haven't seen that since since wedding day.
1: Lame sense of humor. He's just a compulsive liar. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I horseback rode all the time. Oh, I've never done this. That was a weird thing. His 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 sense of humor. He calls it that. That's his sense of humor, but. But never says JK, so. Oh, well, one less couple to carry. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Unless they, like, make them pop up, which I hate oh, that they do that. They do that. It'll happen. They'll go shopping with somebody. I don't know. All right. Uh, last couple, Jasmine and Eris.
1: So the number one hater in the world is back. We <laughs> open with Eris having lunch with our good old buddy, Felina, who we know has been skeptical of day one. From day one of you know eris deciding to get married at first sight and she's also really critical of jasmine so off the top they're making small talk about the honeymoon and eris says that you know everything was cool it was nice to see the other couples hang out but as far as him and jasmine go on the honeymoon they were really trying to navigate between her being really into him and him not being on the same level I find it strange that he's always talking about how she's so into him. I don't see it. Like I, I, she's cool with him or whatever. She's like into him, like she likes him Mm -hmm. or whatever. But she's not like
0: all over him. Yeah. Or telling him every day, "Oh, you're so handsome." Oh, like yeah, you're right. I've never seen her be too much.
1: So I don't know. He's giving himself too much as usual. Uh, But Felina takes that as him, of course, not being attracted to her. And Eric says that Jasmine is an attractive person, but is not his normal type. So he's had a wall up and that's making it difficult for them to build chemistry. And he feels like that's not fair to Jasmine. He goes on to talk about how great a person Jasmine is and how, you know, if they were in a room and he stepped out and people started talking about him, she'd have his back if something happened where he got sick. She would be there to take care of him, no doubt. Like she would hold him down through whatever. And she's beautiful and smart and all this blah, 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 blah. But there's something missing as far as a sexual attraction. And Felina's like, okay, you're saying all this, but what's the problem? What's the disconnect? And he's like, I don't know. He says when they go to bed at night, he's going straight to sleep. His sexual desire isn't there. He says even when Pastor Cal asked Jasmine about it, Eris says that, She handled it like a lady, very mature. She said she wants her husband to desire her. She wants him to rip her clothes off. But she understands that Eris isn't at that point. But she's optimistic that his feelings could grow in the future. So she's just trying to go with the flow. (laughs) Yeah. So this is when we see a little like interview with Felina. And she tells the camera that Jasmine seems fake. Because she won't admit that Eris's lack of attraction to her upsets her or that it bothers her that she needs to stand up as a woman and admit that like, if he doesn't feel that way about her, that she's hurt by it.
0: That's ridiculous. Like if he, unless he's a complete idiot, which maybe, I don't know, like you can tell just by her facial expressions that it hurts her feelings and no woman wants to hear that her partner is unattractive. Of course it hurts her feelings. Why does she have to articulate it and say it out loud and be even more embarrassed? Because that's what Felina wants for her. Yeah, pretty much. What a jerk. So then it
1: cuts back to them at the restaurant and Eris is talking about the housewarming party coming up and he extends an invitation to Felina, which she immediately declines because (laughs) she doesn't want to be a participant in this situation at all. She says that she feels like this relationship isn't going to go anywhere. So there's no point. She says that she doesn't think that Eris is invested in his marriage. But Eris says that he's committed to being married. He wants to be married. And Felina says, well, then you need to do what you need to do. Buckle down and have sex with your wife tonight. She says, you've got two choices. You need to either get connected with your partner or
0: get up and get out. That's I it. mean, she she's not wrong on that one. I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying if you want more intimacy, you have to be more intimate. And that doesn't mean going having sex. It means yes. doing more, being more invested. So then it cuts to them back at the apartment
1: after that little meeting. Jasmine comes in and they sit down on the couch. They start discussing the housewarming party. Jasmine says she, you know, she needs to pick up a few more things, some decorations, this and that. And they start talking about the guest list. So it shows a clip from the day before where they're writing down who they're wanting to um, invite. And Jasmine is basically refusing to add Felina to the guest list. (laughs) And she tells Eris that she isn't comfortable being around Felina because she called her fake at the wedding. She says that someone's so negative about their marriage, it's not going to be a benefit to have someone like that around. Yeah. If someone thinks she's not genuine, why would she want to engage with that person? Like, no. Why would I invite toxicity into our new home? So... Eris lets her know that Felina actually decided on her own not to come to (laughs) the housewarming party. And Jasmine's like, oh, okay, so we both mutually hate each other. Cool. (laughs) Eris tries to, like, stand up for Felina and says that she just has a strong personality with opinions. Like, if you answer a question in a way that she doesn't find acceptable, then she's going to view that as scripted. uh, Even if that's just, you know, your answer. He says that Felina doesn't view their marriage as real Yet, which is why she's not trying to get in to all of this hullabaloo mm-hmm. And Jasmine's like, "Okay, yeah, whatever. Good. Glad she didn't want to come." <laughs> <laughs> so next, we have the actual party. Everybody's coming in to the living room, including Duchess, Jasmine's dog. Eris tells his friends that Duchess is one of four, and they're like flabbergasted by it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> There's three more? And Jasmine's like, "Yeah, I have." You know, four dogs and all four of them sleep with me in my bed. She says it's her four dogs and her king size bed. And yeah, everybody's like, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> But they move on and they ask if there's been any struggles. Eris says that they aren't the best communicators. And he cites the making the guest list uh, as an example of that. He says that when they were making the guest list and didn't include Felina, Jasmine kind of brushed it off, but then when she left for the day, she actually sent him a text message explaining why she didn't want her to come and mm-hmm. kind of her feelings. And Eric says that he would have preferred that she had actually said that in the moment when they were having the discussion instead of sending him a text message after the fact. Jasmine goes on to explain why she doesn't feel respected by Felina and why she didn't want her in the space for the time being. Eris, of course, says that, you know, these are both two very important women in his life and he really hoped that they could come together. But it's still very early in the marriage and in this process. So he's trying to give the whole situation grace and they leave that at that. So even in her absence, she's causing shit at this house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, this is when they break up. And Eris is talking to Jasmine's peeps. He gives them a little tour of the bedroom and they ask him how it feels sharing a space with a woman. And he says, it's fine for right now, but if they continue on after the eight weeks, he's definitely going to need his own space, especially if there's going to be four dogs in the house. This is when Jasmine's Aunt Patricia asks how he would feel if Jasmine was willing to give up the dogs. And he says, oh, he'd be super excited. That's amazing. That'd be the best case scenario. (laughs) and her aunt is like totally caught off guard and shocked like <laughs> wow cuz he's just like so he's like this that would be the best thing that ever happened to our marriage.
0: Well, you know what? It takes a certain kind of somebody to be okay with four dogs in the bed. I'm a dog person. I'm okay with one or two dogs in the house, but zero dogs in the bed. Like I do not want my dog on the furniture. My dog has her own bed, like that's to me it's ridiculous to expect have that expectation from a stranger that's crazy but so I'm with him on this this one
1: (laughs) and eventually he bends a little bit and says duchess can stay but the other three gotta kick rocks (laughs) so he's he's formed a bond with lady duchess so far (laughs) Uh, so then jasmine's aunt asks what his expectations are and he says he just wants to continue to for them to get to know each other but he feels like they need a plan he says if they don't set something in place they're just going to be going through the motions, you know, going to work, mm-hmm. coming home, going to work, coming home. And Jasmine's aunt says that she knows that Jasmine is in this for real and asks Eris if he's willing to put in the effort to see how things are going to work out and if love is in the future. And he says, mm, I'm try. And that was it for him. Uh, then we go back to the kitchen <laughs> where Jasmine uh, is talking with his friends and she's telling them about how her and Eris aren't having sex and they don't really have sexual chemistry. And this was in response to them asking if She has any concerns so far. So that's a concern for her, which I mean, is valid.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She talks about how Eris has made it clear that he's a sexual person. So she's trying to figure out if there's another reason why her husband isn't sleeping with her, which they don't really give an answer to. Uh, But they ask her if the experts matched them correctly. And Jasmine says she does think the experts did put them together correctly because they do have a lot in common. She thinks they could be great together, but they just have to continue to get to know each other and take it from there. And that's the end of that.
0: Another case of a woman, a full ass woman getting the short end of a stick.
1: From a super senior.
0: Yeah. Mm -mm. Anyway, let's finish up with this potluck. So this is the first time the group is getting together since Jamaica. I wonder if Chris was allowed to bring his buffalo dip or not. Not sure.
1: It was breakfast? So probably oh, not. Probably not. They had like important. donuts and fruit and stuff.
0: Oh yeah! At first, I thought those were sandwiches, but then I saw another picture of uh, Kirsten licking his head or something. Yes. Yeah, and then I saw that it was donut. Five hundred calories each. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> not on potluck day. <laughs> Shush. So they're on time. Chris and Nicole, and Nicole is very proud of that. And then slowly, everybody else starts trickling in, with McKinley and Dominique arriving last. And in an ITM, McKinley says that it's awkward now um, seeing Dominique for the first time since the divorce. It's also sad that they have to tell the other couples and it just plain sucks. So Nicole starts giving a toast uh, about their journeys together and blah, 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 blah. And then they start doing roundtable about how everyone's housewarming party was. So off the bat, Gina's like, Clint is a good cook and a great host. Um, all the... Uh, All the people in attendance of their party were ladies and he was just killing it. And she found that even though she didn't say that was very attractive, she found it very, you can tell she was found that very attractive uh, in the fact that she can bring her girlfriends around and he wouldn't miss a beat. He wouldn't feel awkward. He wouldn't make them feel awkward. And she dug it. So um, Clint also says that they have come a long way in a short amount of time. He's looking forward to diving deep with Gina. He wants to know what 5-year-old Gina would want in life and what 35-year-old Gina wants in life. He wants to know the depths of who she is, the crusty bits which everybody liked. <laughs> Um, Nicole said that was like, what did she say? That was the most romantic thing, even though it, the most romantic thing that he's ever said, and it included the word crusty bits. So there you go. Then McKinley asks if every, if anyone has had sex yet. Dominique makes a face. Jasmine mm-hmm. shakes her head. Um, All the women are like, really, dude? But anyway, Nicole and Chris say they have. Eris, of course, in the ITM says that Nicole is the first woman to have her back blown out. But turns out, Nicole's like, yeah, Chris's back was hurting the next day. (laughs) So Nicole blew Chris's back out. Are we surprised? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They ask Eris and Jasmine what's going on with them. They say they're not getting frisky. Jasmine is you can tell physically uncomfortable with this conversation. She's embarrassed. It hurts her feelings, Um, has to say out loud that she's, Attracted to him, but he is not attracted to her. They both have never been in this situation where that she's not feeling desired or wanted, and he can't get it up for someone who he doesn't find attractive. So they're both not in the best way. Gina tries to make her feel better, though. She's like, "You're not alone. Like we're not physically attracted to each other." And Shaquille and Kirsten are in agreement there that they're, they're not alone. Shaquille says that she didn't find him attracted now, and now every day she's rubbing her rubbing his head. So it will grow if you allow it to. Then um, everybody turns to McKinley and Dominique. McKinley starts off saying that Dominique is outspoken. She knows what she wants and they've made a decision together to get a divorce. And everybody is shocked. Dominique says that there was some confusion. He's made comments that he wasn't happy. He's negative and she is positive vibes only. And she doesn't want that negative energy in her life. And she wants to cut it off before it turns toxic. McKinley says he doesn't agree with that. He was 100% blindsided when she asked for the divorce. He had faith in this process. And the belittling that happened on the honeymoon was a lot. He knows he needs to work on some things. But he thought on her part there was absolutely no compromise. There's a lot in that statement but I just hate there's no way he was 100 percent blindsided that she was not happy <laughs> ridiculous so clint says that they're throwing the towel in too early um it's the easy way out there could be something there if they tried kirsten says you don't want to give up on somebody so fast you wouldn't want him to give up on on you so they need to keep trying then Nicole stares her down and tells her that she's really going to regret this. If is there any scenario where taking time apart could maybe help? And Dominique folds and she says maybe, and everybody toasts and is happy like, "Yay, they're going to move forward." But they're not. <laughs> McKinley and Dominique get together after the party in the old apartment. In an ITM, he says he's confused. He says one day she's mad, the next day she wants a divorce, and now it's a maybe. That's what you do when you're young and you're not in tune with your emotions or who you are. They go back to them, and McKinley says that it went how exactly how he thought it would be. And she says that it was a lot of pressure, that they all have good intentions and all, but it was really uncomfortable. Um, She felt like they weren't listening. He then asks why... She did say maybe then, and um, she says, like, everybody was looking at her. She felt like no one was really listening, and then he says, okay, so you said maybe because of peer pressure, and she says yes. Usually, she's very honest, but she was just reading the room and just said maybe. He then asks where they're going to go from there. Um, She says, well, we can be friends, and he shuts that down. He doesn't want a friend. He doesn't want to be her friend. He has enough friends. I that one I agree with. Like, let's that's stupid. We're not gonna be friends. Yeah. (laughs) We're not gonna be friends. Don't say that aloud. So in an ITM, she says she's not feeling good about herself. She feels like a carcass in the middle of the road that cars keep running over. There's been a lot of petty statements, a lot of jabs, and she's just over it. Then McKinley says that he should just start packing. They have a really awkward hug. Says that she's Just too young. She doesn't know what a serious relationship takes or needs. And um, she says bye and starts leaving the apartment. He doesn't say anything. And uh, yeah. In an ATM for... Dominique, she says that she doesn't want anyone in Nashville having hate in their heart for her. If he doesn't want to be her friend, that's fine. She feels like she's been pushed to the limits. She's going to go on some soul searching journey to piece herself back together. In McKinley's last ITM, he says that it wasn't a perfect match, but they just needed a little time and effort. Then they didn't have that. He wants to find his forever person, his wife. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Hot mess. Mm-hmm. I was surprised they just let them quit so easy.
0: I was too. I will say I'm, I'm surprised they didn't suggest the two-bedroom thing like with Gina and Clint. But she must really, really not like him. <laughs> that's how I feel.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, because I feel like in past seasons when people have gotten to this point where they're like, I'm done, I'm done. They like force them to like come together and here they're just like okay today is the last day
0: yeah (laughs) okay you're getting divorced yeah yeah Mm. i wonder how this rest of the season will go since they are pretty much the drama of the last few episodes
1: that's true i don't know
0: i don't know
1: what episode are we on nine out of 20 something (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, we're almost halfway. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, yeah, and probably in a few episodes we'll have the one month mark. So next episode looks mm, okay, mildly interesting. We have yet another man commenting on a woman's body. I was like, Chris, did you not learn from
1: Clint's lesson? <laughs> shut just up. The week before,
0: come on, shut. Up.
1: Did you not see your wife's reaction to that? Why would you say this?
0: Do you think? It's her pulling it out of him. I don't think so. Why? I don't know why people think thick is worse than fat or not as bad as fat. (laughs) Like it's still not a good word to use. Stop using the word thick.
1: Not in like a general. I don't know. Cause even, even then he didn't say she was thick. He said she was thicker.
0: (laughs) Not great. Not great. So we'll see. We will see. All right. Well, thank you so much. If you have any Cheesemake, go ahead and send it to us via our social media on Instagram. We are at Cheese McQueen's podcast, and on Twitter, we are at Cheese McQueen. On Wednesdays, Igby live tweets the episode, and it's always a party there. If you are enjoying this podcast, make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify. And if you're not, don't do any of those things. Leave us alone. <laughs> Anything else, (laughs) Igby? Oh, (laughs) done. All right, then.
1: Not leave us (laughs) alone.
0: Well, I don't want any of those weirdos who are like, you know what? That bitch has an annoying laugh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, don't listen. Leave us alone. You don't need to be ruining my life because you're not, even if you think you are. She told y'all. Yup. Although, you know what happened yesterday? You had recommended a podcast a long time ago. And I guess I just downloaded it. And I looked at my downloads. I was like, oh, what's this? And the person. It was a spooky time kind of podcast. I'm not going to name it because that's mean. Um, Yes, you know. And the person's voice was so annoying. And I was like, I love this podcast, but I don't know if I can do it. This person's voice is so annoying. (laughs) And as a person with uh, that some their voice some people find their voice annoying i sympathize but i was
1: just like i don't know i don't know this person has a very a very yes. unique voice. like when you hear it you yes know it is. i
0: was like oh but i loved it so now i'm following it now i'm you know whatever i'll i can look i can try and look beyond that <laughs> funny. all right then bye see ya